Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, July the 9th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. I'm going to talk real quick today. I'm not going to go super deep down the rabbit hole about eating one meal a day. I did a post on Instagram last night. Just quickly mentioned that recently I've been doing only one meal a day, which I've done periodically over the course of the last 10 years. Typically, I do two meals a day. Um, That's probably what I've been on for about five years now. And recently, I got into doing one meal a day because I just felt way better. Uh, I was just eating a certain way that I found was not conducive to me feeling my best, moving my best. And I could give a shit about how I look. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to be fit until I'm dead. That's just kind of what I'm going to do. But I just wasn't feeling uh, optimal. And I'm like, I'm going to change things up and see if it doesn't help me with productivity uh, and energy and training and just mental clarity overall. So I started doing the, you know, OMAD, if you will, the the one meal a day. And again, this is nothing new. It's been around for, you know, forever. But I'm going to go real quick on to why I do it, how I feel on it, why I started doing it, the pros, the cons, who it is for, who it isn't for, and then just talk about the different types of fasting uh, protocols inside here as well. But before I jump in, podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know, it's the one thing I take every single day. I travel with it everywhere I go. I was just in the Midwest. The Greens came with me. Uh, When you were a kid, high school, college, you'd buy the cheap beer. Mickey's Ice House, 40s, uh, Bush Light, Natty Light. Maybe you got some, you know, some Mad Dog 2020 in there. Maybe you stole your mom's crappy vodka and drank some of it and then filled it up with water and it separated and you got your ass beat because you found out because you're an idiot. Well, my friends, you drank all that garbage. Athletic Greens tastes 10 times better than all that stuff and it's good for you. And if you're a person who like me, only eats one meal a day at the moment or, you know, eats in a small window, it's hard to get 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. So I supplement around that. I eat as much as I can, but I'm not going to be able to eat that much food without having some ridiculous digestive discomfort. So if you want to check out Athletic Greens, I can get you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with order one. The site athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you hooked up. There's a probiotic in there. It has all your micronutrients in there. It has all the things that your body needs to run at its best level to build a stronger immune system, gut health. I think it helps with brain function. I feel smarter. So there's a lot to say if that's going on. But if you want to check it out and you've heard me talk about it a thousand times, or maybe this is the first podcast you've ever heard me talk about it before, uh, I will have Monica send you a pack for free. Just fill out the contact page on our website. Hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you guys follow us. We will send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it, then get hooked up with all the free stuff. Or just jump on it now, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, and you guys are in business. Also, podcast brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD. I take the dream product every single night to go to sleep. The site, beamtlc.com. The code is Jeremy Scott for 35% of all subscriptions, 20% of all products. And if you want to try the dream product, I can send you some samples too. Just hit us up. We'll give you a couple of nights for free. You can take it. It is not habit forming. Uh, you don't wake up feeling groggy. It's THC free. You will not get high. You got to go somewhere else for that. But I do notice I fall asleep and I stay asleep. They have a powder and a pill form. I take both probably five or six nights a week. And uh, I just wake up ready, ready, feeling to kick ass. That's it. And uh, Heather takes the tincture and she uses the salve too. 
we've had the founders on the podcast, cool dudes. Uh, we trust them. I wouldn't put them in my body if I didn't uh, believe in it. And uh, yeah, so beamtlc.com, the code Jeremy Scott uh, to get the discounts or hit me up and we'll send you a couple of beam samples to try so you guys can get quality sleep because trying to build muscle or be lean or just not be an asshole is tough to do when you get crappy sleep uh, every night. And then the podcast is brought to you by my homies at JLab Pro, uh, jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. These are the people we work with for our protein powder, our krill oil, our collagen complex, and our turmeric as well. If you want to get the collagen hookup, I think first-time buyers, the code is JSF40 for 40% off. We always have a discount code for the protein. And then if you're on our newsletter, we send out all the promos these guys do. And I've known Jay for probably 10 years. Good dude. Uh, one of the first people to put uh, stevia in the protein powder. Easy on the stomach. So when I make smoothies, that's what I go with. That's why I use them. And again, with all these companies, you guys, we know all these people. Like we we know who they are. We know what they're about. We believe in them. I'd be way richer if I sold you a bunch of bullshit. But here I am trying to be a good dude, just giving stuff that works. So uh, again, the site, jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. Or if you want our supplement guide, hit me up. I'm happy to send it to you. And again, none of these supplements matter if you're just, you know, feeding your body full of complete shit. So you got to make an, an honest effort to eat real food. And if you supplement around that with these things, sky's the limit in terms of your overall health here. Now, this podcast, one meal a day. It's not real complex. Uh, full disclaimer, this is not for everyone. I'm not advising you to do this. I'm just a gorilla in a warehouse who looks a certain way, moves a certain way, feels a certain way, and this is what I found works best for me. Now, again, like I said, this is not new. Uh, this has probably been around for hundreds of years. I imagine 200 years ago, some people only ate once a day because that's all they could find, you know, hunter-gatherer type stuff. Maybe even less than that, maybe eating every other day, depending on what they had access to and what kind of shit they were dealing with. You know, you look how far we've come. We used to, you know, 1920, we would die at 55 years old. Now we're living to like over 80. It's pretty crazy how far we've come in this time. There's a lot of advances in technology, uh, biology, pharmaceuticals. All these things are great. And some of them are not as great. Uh, you know, 100 years ago, you couldn't buy 5,000 calories for 5 bucks. Now we can. Uh, you can go to the grocery store and you can get, you know, 15 kinds of apples you know, in one take, there's 150 in different kinds of chips, there's 200 different kinds of soda. And now you don't even got to go to the grocery store, you can put a, a number in your smartphone and like Uber Eats or Grubhub would bring the shit right to your front door and you can eat 6000 calories on your couch. And you only had to walk 10 feet. That's a problem. And uh, fasting is not for everyone. Eating one meal a day is not for everyone. But I'll say this, I do think when you have some structure in your life, you tend to be more successful. If you look at all the great organizations in the world, whether it be, you know, from the best businesses, you know, the U.S. military, uh, the best sports franchises, there's a structure there. You look at the best athletes, you look at the best attorneys, you look at the best doctors, there's a certain schedule and regimen they follow to be successful. All of those things, I think, are easier than mastering how you eat for your entire life because there's not just one blueprint you can follow. And we use the term here, standing on the shoulders of giants, if you want to make hacks in your business and your professional career. 
And with nutrition, that's partially true, but not all the way because what I do might not work for you. What your sister did to lose 100 pounds might not work for you. What your cousin Bobby did might not work for you. What your husband or wife does might be completely different than what works for your personality type, your hunger cues, you know, your habits, and your background in terms of, of food and your relationship with food. And the podcast we did that's called, I believe it's Why Eating Right is So Hard, it's because it's something you have to master and you got to figure it out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times a day, every day until you die. It's a decision you're selling yourself on why you should eat something versus not eating something else. And it's a battle that most Americans lose every day. And they, they lose it multiple times per day. They lose it when they're at, you know, Starbucks at 5 a.m. ordering, you know, a giant blueberry muffin and a caramel frappuccino. It sounds great, but your day's fucked if that's what you're doing. Uh, it's the guy who's in the line at McDonald's in the drive-thru and orders, you know, a Big Mac, supersize me fries and, and a giant Coke at one o'clock. His day is basically screwed. It's these decisions that people are losing throughout the day because they have no structure, there's no routine, and they've set no general guidelines or rules to kind of follow. And I'm not about being super restrictive. I'm not saying count every morsel you ever eat and weigh everything like some kind of crazy person. But there is something to be said about having a structure and being mindful about what you eat and auditing how you feel once you do eat. And if I reverse engineer my life, like most of you guys, I grew up eating just bullshit, tombstone pizzas, Doritos, Gushers, you know, fruit by the foot, having grilled cheese sandwiches and, and drinking Mountain Dews and crushing Taco Bell like it's nothing. And then you wake up one day and you're like, well, I'm not 12 anymore. I got to stop eating like an asshole because you start to just feel like garbage or you're, you become fat or you become skinny fat or you become a shell of what you used to be in terms of how you look and feel and your performance. So I graduated to the eat every you know couple of hours, and that can work for some people. Some people love eating every two or three hours, and they feel great on that. I didn't, and uh, I waited too long to even change that. And I'm not, I don't want to get off topic, but I don't think we know the effects of eating every two or three hours for 50 years on a person, because we've never done that. We just started doing that stuff in the 90s. So at best, we're 30 years into it, which that's, I don't know. I don't know what the, you know, the damage is and I don't know what the effects are of the, the digestive stress that puts on, you know, your entire body. It's just a lot. And for me, I felt that I was starting to, I was training for a couple of years, you know, I was cleaning up my, my diet, but I was eating every three hours or so and trying to gain size. Right? I, was, I was every, I was every 25 year old dude. I want to be jacked and ripped at the same time. It's like, well, yeah, dude, who doesn't want to be super rich and like hardly work? It's basically what you're doing. You, you can't really do both unless you're like 400 pounds or you're like novice level training. But if you're an athlete at all in your life, you're not going to get bigger and more shredded at the same time. It's just even on the best drugs, just it's not going to it's not going to happen. So I was starting to train for years, eating every three hours, and I was starting to look like I actually worked out. It took me a couple years. Um, so then I looked like, oh, wow, you actually do try in the gym. Uh, and uh, my performance was getting pretty good. I was, I was pretty strong, uh, pretty functional, but I just felt like shit. I felt like my body was always, you know, kind of sluggish. I was always digesting food, you know, like when you eat and your stomach kind of bubbles and it just it feels like the food's moving in there. And just, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel great internally is what I'm 
trying to get at. And uh, I felt like my body never had a chance to rest and just take a break from, you know, chewing, eating, taking a shit and just going through the process of, of wash, rinse, repeat and that. And I just didn't like how I was feeling. So flash forward, I stumble onto, I believe it was lean gains. And I, I started to get into uh, to the fasting world and the protocols. And it changed everything for me personally. And I felt best doing that. Now, I didn't start off doing one meal a day. For the last five years, I've probably eaten one or two meals a day. There's been gaps where I've done one meal a day for like a month at a time. But historically for me over the past probably five to seven years, I've eaten once or twice a day every day. And that just works depending on my schedule, how busy I am, how I train, if we travel and those things. When I first started fasting, I was doing the uh, 10 to 6, 11 to 7, kind of 12 to 8. So I would eat between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. or 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. or 12 noon and 8 p.m. And that worked great for me for a long time. I'd eat, uh, you know, depending on maybe it was three meals in between that window. And over time, I shrunk that window down from like two to eight and then like, you know, kind of four to eight. And, and now obviously as I sit here today for the past probably like month or so, I've been doing the basically 23 hours of not eating and then eating for one hour. Again, I'm not saying for you to do this. I'm just sharing with you what I do. So when someone's like, well, Jeremy told me, no, Jeremy didn't tell you shit. You're a grown adult. You make your own decisions. I'm just laying out for you what has worked for me in my progression. If you want to try something like that, the way people get into fasting for the most part is they do that 10 to six, 11 to seven, kind of 12 to eight. We actually have a fasting program. We run here once a year. I think it's called 28 day fasting for fat loss. And we teach a handful of protocols in there and the 10 to six, you know, 12 to eight kind of windows are part of it. There's also people who do the kind of eat, stop, eat where they eat for a day, like on Monday, normally, maybe they eat at nine o'clock, 12 o'clock and six o'clock, for example, and then they won't eat again until Tuesday at six o'clock. So essentially they're they're skipping 24 hours of eating. So they're eating for a day and not eating for a day, but they're still eating on every calendar day. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I know it's confusing at times, but if you eat on Monday, your last meal is at six. If you wait till Tuesday at six, you did fast for 24 hours. So you did skip a day of eating, but you're just eating in the same calendar day. I think Brad Pilon is the one who kind of popularized that. Also, there's like the anabolic fasting, which Corey G has kind of, uh, you know, ran with over the last couple of years, that essentially is where for five days, you eat like a lower carbohydrate diet. And then for two days, you eat this increased carbohydrate diet, which is kind of designed to, you know, help you replenish your glycogen, um, almost like how a refeed would be or like a refeed uh, day would be so higher carbohydrates. Uh, usually that protocol, if you're gonna do like anabolic fasting, I, I don't have it all in front of me, I think it's 10 to 12 days of like lower carbs um, to kind of get your body acclimated. And then you refuel with the two days. And for those people, it's almost like eating keto, like Monday through Friday. So they would do like 40% protein, like 60% fats. And I think they keep the carbs under like uh, 30 grams a day, give or take. And then on the weekend, um, you would do your refeed where it's like 30% protein, maybe 60% carbs, and then like 10% fats. And again, trying to, to still eat real food and not eat like a complete uh, butthead is the goal. You're just not trying to eat, you know, pizza and cookies the entire time. You're still trying to eat real food if you have serious goals and you want to make progress. There's just the point I'm driving at is there's something that works for everyone, and and fasting can be great for a lot of people, and for some people it is a terrible idea. It really just depends what works for you. But for me, I felt best kind of, you know, in the stricter protocol of not eating for 23 hours and then consuming all my calories in a single meal because I like to eat bigger meals. I feel better that way. 
It's just, um, it's not for everyone. So super quick, um, how it works on the one meal a day. I right now am eating towards the end of my day. If I go to sleep at, let's say nine o'clock ish, I've been eating around like five or six. Now that's worked best for me over the past couple of weeks or almost a month. Some of you might not. Some people like to do that earlier in the day. Some people like to do it in the morning. I would struggle with that because I'm so busy during the day. I don't really even think about food and eating. Like, yeah, I'll get hunger cues here or there, but they'll come and go. But I'm just drinking coffee and water, maybe some zero calorie drinks, and I just kind of keep things moving. Uh, And that's been great for me. You know, obviously, when you are doing intermittent fasting and you're like eating, you know, one meal a day, you're going to manipulate the way that your body uses fuel and kind of finds the fuel. And as compared to the person who eats that kind of traditional, you know, every three hours, because you always have carbohydrates and and things always in the bloodstream in the system 24 seven. So just really quick, if you understand the differences of, of who would be good for and who wouldn't be and kind of how it works, when you put carbohydrates into your body, obviously, they get broken down into sugars, that's just how it works, we eat a bunch of carbs, and the sugars just start to roll in there. If you have a ton of sugar in your bloodstream, um, there's this chemical uh, called insulin, which all of you guys are familiar with, that is going to carry the extra fat you have around into the blood cells. So if you're a person who's eating in a calorie surplus, so you're eating more than you're burning, which is a problem for people who are trying to lose weight and fat, it cannot be done if you're in a calorie surplus. This is just math. It's not my opinion. This is how it's going to be. When you're shoveling in carbs that get broken under the sugar, if you have that sugar in your bloodstream and it's there, there's this chemical insulin that's going to carry it into the fat cells. So that's going to be a huge part of your problem. That's why when people are talking about insulin spikes and this and this, if you're at a deficit, erase all that stuff. If you're in a surplus, which a lot of people eat six times a day, I'm generalizing here, they tend to be because they're just eating so frequently and there's no rhyme or reason to it. When you don't eat for these long periods of time, your body produces less insulin. So your cells are going to need energy for fuel, but it's not going to be the same. So what your body's going to do, it's going to take these fat cells and it's going to release them to make up for that. You know, you're basically, if it's like, if you want to talk about like fat adapted or basically once the, the carbohydrates and the, and the glycogen and the insulin, everything's run out of the system, your body has to make up and it has to cover that gap. So it's going to release those fat cells into the body. But for this to happen, you have to avoid eating for a long enough period of time for your insulin to drop. If you're eating a cinnamon roll every three hours, this is not going to happen. Like you're always going to have this constant influx of carbohydrates and sugars being broken down over and over and over. And then when there's too many calories, we're just going to just kind of pack on the the pounds, if you will. It's like you're a snowman and you're just not letting your, your, it's just, you're always building on the snowman. You're never letting the snowman melt. That's the most elementary dumb way I can think about it. Like you want your snowman to melt. You want to to shrink down to look like, you know, a shredded snowman. But when you're always having this abundance in the bloodstream and just shoveling sugars and fats, here we are. Now, I do feel better this way. The reason I went to one meal a day as opposed to my traditional two, which I've done for a long period of time, is I've just felt that if I trained earlier in the day, like if I got to work around like 12 or 1 and I could sprint home quick and eat at like maybe 2 o'clock, I found that after that meal, I just felt like I was dragging ass. I felt that I wasn't digesting that meal well for whatever reason. 
I felt that I would want, once I started eating, it was hard for me to stop. That was also a huge problem uh, of mine. So I would eat this humongous meal at like two. And then I just felt lethargic, lazy. I felt my body like digesting the food. You know what I'm talking like when your stomach kind of, you can feel it. You can like feel your intestines. Like you can feel it moving through your stomach, just uncomfortable. Uh, Not so much like, you know, gas and, and indigestion, which I used to have when it was, you know, eating every three hours. I just felt like my body wasn't processing it enough and it, and it really wasn't doing me a huge service. Like I was satisfied in terms of like hunger cues, but I just felt like I was dragging ass the rest of the day. And I was super, I don't want to say super unproductive because that's not the right term because I'll always do stuff even if I feel like shit. I just wasn't as productive. I wasn't as mentally clear. So I was like, well, if I just dump that first meal and... I do one bigger meal at night. Let me see how hungry I am. Let me see how much energy I have. And let me see, you know, how I feel overall. And I felt way better doing one meal currently than two. And that might change in two months. But in terms of, you know, now starting to travel again and how my schedule is just working out, it's been great for me. So what were the pros for you guys? Uh, The biggest one for a lot of you, it's less to mess up. If you're fasting, and obviously if you're eating a meal a day, you have less choices to make. So if you only make one meal choice, there's only one meal you can fuck up. So that's the benefit as opposed to eating six or seven meals, which seems like a lot to manage. Also, for most of you, it's way easier to be in a calorie deficit unless you're eating just processed garbage or you're, again, crushing whole pizzas and eating like four bags of fries in that one meal. If that one meal is real food, it's real hard for you guys to eat you know, 2,500, 2,000, 3,000 calories of real whole nutrient dense food in that meal. It's just, it's hard to fill up that much stomach volume with things that are not that, you know, calorie dense. And like I mentioned, I do think when you're in the fasting world, you do get this different kind of state of consciousness sometimes, depending on how long the fasts are for. I could just be pulling that out of my ass, but I do feel that's real. Um, And I think you get an increased you know, kind of mental focus and you can be more productive because a lot of people, you know, if they're doing their office type of life, they hit that kind of post lunch slump, that kind of sleepy one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock hour. And I do feel fasting and, and maybe just pushing off to like one or like a two meal format. For me, the, the, the earlier meal did make me feel like sluggish. It did make me feel tired. Like I wanted to take a nap. And if I wake up from the nap, I sometimes like would forget what fucking day it is. And I'm like, what? what? And like, you're just, I'm kind of lost. And that's just me personally. Uh, and I never felt like I digested it great. So if you're the guy who works in an office and you guys go to Chipotle and you crush a burrito and have chips and guac and a giant soda and you feel fine, respect. But if I was to eat something like that, or even like a decent sized meal at noon, by one or two o'clock, I'm like, I'm half asleep. Like it's about nap time for me if the food is too much. Now that's just me personally. So I felt without having that you know, earlier meal, I did have more focus and I was more productive. And there is a freedom too, right? Like when you are in the fasting world or you're only eating, you know, one big meal a day, you don't have that much to log on my fitness pal. And for a lot of you, you don't have to probably log anything because you're in a deficit. And as long as you're getting enough you know, essential proteins and essential fats, I think you're going to be okay. 
You also don't have to prep 10 different meals. You don't have to log a bunch of, you know, gross ass Tupperware around and it just frees up, you know, mental energy and mind space for you to do, you know, 55 other things. That's the reason I try to simplify most things. And if I have less chances to fuck up, I tend to be more successful in everything in life. I try to really simplify my life in the smallest terms, in terms of my finances, my relationship, clothes I wear. I'm obviously not super fashion forward. I got like four pairs of black pants and I wear, I just rotate them through. I got about, you know, five t-shirts I rotate through. Now I have so many fancy clothes these companies send me and I'll get around to wearing them at some point. But like if they're not in the rotation right now and they're not in the dryer, I'm not going to put them on. I just get up. I throw on a shirt, pants, hat, wash, rinse, repeat. It's easy for me. It clears up so much mental energy for me. And the food is the same way. I don't got to worry about three meals a day. I just worry about one. That's it. It's way less prep time, way less cook time, uh, just way less of a pain in the ass for me personally. And uh, it's worked great for me. And, and I do say, when I talk about the alertness, there is, uh, there is some studies out there. I think Healthline put this up. Uh, I'm going to butcher the words because I'm a, a complete moron. But when you fast during uh, like daytime hours, obviously, like not when you're just sleeping, because we're all fasting when we're sleeping. That's the reality. You all do some version of intermittent fasting anyway. If you, go to, if you eat at 10 o'clock, you go to sleep and you don't wake up till 8, well, you're fasting from 10 p.m. till 8 a.m. You just did it during your sleeping hours. But when you're fasting during like the daylight hours, your body releases a chemical they call it uh, orexin A, O-R-E-X-I-N-A, which makes you feel more alert. Interesting enough, I didn't know. So maybe that's what's going on. Uh, it's not that's not specific to just eating one meal a day. Uh, I think that's applied to you guys if you're just in the fasting world in general. That is another awesome benefit. And the biggest thing for me outside of uh, just the digestion and feeling better, which honestly for me is everything. Obviously, I'm a health person, and I don't give a shit, man, about anything when I don't feel good. I do not care. That takes precedence over everything. I need to feel good. And I hate when I feel shitty. I just, it it bothers me. I don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm older. Hopefully I just always in good health and I can keep it rolling because it really does bug me if my body is not performing at an optimal level and does not feel great. And I get the same pains and sorenesses and little shit everybody else does, but I try to avoid that at all costs. And I know for me, fasting and eating less frequently, I tend to feel way better. The other thing it's given me over time, it's the amount of self-discipline and the amount of willpower and how to be mentally way stronger than I ever was. And you guys have heard me talk about before, I used to be this, you know, just overeater and I am by nature. And now mentally I'm to a place where I'm so much stronger than I was 10 years ago. I used to be the guy who could only have 20 beers and, uh, you know, drink so much till you you pee your pants and you, you head about a wall. Like that's kind of the, the school I come from. You know, you drink to get drunk and there's no other point. I've graduated to now where like I can be in the pool and I can have a beer and I'm fine. And I don't feel the need to have 10 more beers. I don't feel the need to be fucked up, but that took a long time to get there. And I think fasting in a way helped me with the self-discipline and the willpower to be at the place I am now. Uh, I can eat a couple chips and I don't have to have a whole bag. That's still a struggle for me, but I've gotten way better. We used to buy peanut butter at our house, and we could eat, we could have a peanut butter jar for like a day, maybe. Now we can have it, and it'll last like two weeks. Now that's progress. 
that's uh, that's mental toughness for, for what it's worth. And it doesn't sound like a lot for you guys who are battling some real life shit. But when you can have a level of self-control and not eat a whole sleeve of fucking Girl Scout cookies and just have like three cookies, that's a different skill set. Now, we don't buy Girl Scout cookies and we don't bring fucking chips home because it's going to self-sabotage me. I don't want to test the limits, right? Like if you're an alcoholic, you don't go sit at a bar and like test yourself. It's just not what you do. You put yourself in an environment and in a community and surround yourself with people who are going to help you be successful. You don't try to, you know, tear yourself down. But I will say when I'm put in those situations at parties or, or traveling, I have this different level of mental toughness to where I am never going to fuck up on my diet in terms of what I eat and what I drink unless I consciously want to. I'm never going to say, hey, I'm not going to do this today. And then three hours later, find myself doing it. Now, that wasn't always who I was, you know, 10 years ago, but that's who I am today. And I believe a lot of that came from fasting and just living in these, you know, I don't want to say rules, but they're guidelines that you follow. And they eventually, if you're a person like me, where it's just like cut and dry and you're, you got that Terminator mindset where if this is your mission, you're going to go back and you know, kill John Connor, no matter what happens, that's what you're going to do. And that's what fasting has taught me. It's given me a certain level of self-discipline to where I can master the flesh. And it's tough for a lot of people. They're, it's mentally tough uh, to prevent yourself from eating when you think you're just completely starving. And that's challenging, man, you know, to not eat when you feel hungry for a lot of people. It's, uh, it is not an easy thing to do. And you're selling yourself in the moment on why you're not eating versus why you should be eating. And you can always justify things in the moment. It's like, you know, when you're, I'm going to try to get an example here. When you're 15 and you're with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you just want to have sex and you know you, you should probably wear a condom and you know you should probably be safe, but you just, you just put the tip in a little bit and then just all goes downhill from there. You sold yourself on the moment of why that it felt so good. You just said, fuck it to everything else. And you risked your whole future and everything, but you did it. And we've all been there. And uh, I've lost a couple of those battles myself, my friends. And it's tough to do, but you got to mature and grow. You, you did that one time at 15. You didn't keep fucking doing it. You're like, you know what? That was really risky and stupid. I, I played the odds and I won. Now, next time I'm going to have protection. I'm going to be safer. I'm going to really map this out. That might sound extreme, but food is the same way. You're sitting there and like, you know, you're going to, you're going to order a chicken salad because it fits your macros and your, and your friend is just crushing a fucking pizza. And then you're like, oh, well, fuck it. I'll just have the pizza. And you sell yourself on the reason why, why I was really good this week. I worked really hard. I deserve it. We're celebrating insert whatever bullshit you're selling yourself. And then you give in. I do think fasting teaches to go without I think fasting teaches the delayed gratification for something and, you know, live to eat and party and celebrate another day is what it's teaching you to do. Now, I don't want you guys to think that you can never do stuff. Go out, live your life. You're grown adults. You don't have to listen to me. But if you're always losing those battles, you're always selling yourself on why you should drink wine, why you should have cookies, why you should eat pizza, and you're doing it way more frequently than you want to or than you promised yourself to, and you're not looking, moving, and feeling the way that you want, well, then maybe setting some some guidelines around, you know, how you eat and how you train would be beneficial for you. So for me, fasting is, has definitely taught me to go without. It's taught me self-discipline. It's taught me to have willpower. It's made me mentally much tougher than I was before. And it's also helped me know the difference between hunger and thirst. Because we get those two confused. They feel the same. 
for most of us. And uh, when you're thirsty, you you, th- you think like you're you're starving, and all of a sudden you pound water, and you're like, you know what? Actually, I wasn't hungry at all. And you notice that those the hunger waves they they come like in that just waves. You're not starving all day every day, even if you haven't eaten. Like I was hungry today at like 11. It's about two o'clock right now, and I feel totally fine. And after I get off this podcast, I'm gonna basically just probably hop into a workout, crush it, and then I'll go home, and then I'll eat later today. But if I would have given it 11, just ate a bunch of stuff, who knows how I'd be feeling today. And I wasn't really hungry. I was just thirsty. I hadn't had enough coffee yet. I hadn't drank enough water. I was at the range this morning, actually, sweating my balls off at 7 a.m. And uh, I just didn't have a ton of water yet. And that's really what it was. I was thirsty. I wasn't really hungry. And that's the key that fasting can teach you guys is you start to audit yourself of how you feel. Okay, I feel this way when I don't eat for this long. Oh, this is too long. Oh, this is actually, I actually was just thirsty. I wasn't hungry. Whatever you're doing, you're just mapping how you feel every day. Those would be the benefits to me. Um, I like eating a big meal. I like that satisfied feeling. I like looking forward to eating at the end of the day. I don't feel guilty, you know, when I'm eating like the fattier meats, like if I'm having like a couple, like last night, a couple of ribeyes, some asparagus, uh, baked potato, and then some oatmeal, some blueberries, uh, a power crunch bar, and uh, and called it a day. But I had two huge ass steaks and fattier cuts than uh, you know like a fillet or even like a like a T-bone would be. But they were amazing, juicy, perfect. There's nothing like a good steak, man. When you really know how to grill, and I don't I don't know a lot of shit, but I know how to grill a steak, and uh, it was awesome, and it felt great that way. So I found I felt better. My performance isn't lagging. I don't think my body looks like a bag of shit. So I'm happy with where it's at today. And it might shift and change, but I felt it's good. And, and again, I've gotten this mental clarity where I'm not digesting food. I don't feel bloated and gross. My bathroom schedule seems to be on track and I have no issues there. So life has been uh, been ideal doing the one meal a day. But the cons, obviously, it's not for everyone. Um, fasting in general and doing the one meal a day is is strict it is uh it's hard for a lot of people to do it's hard to go that long without eating for some people there's a lot of discomfort uh it doesn't uh, work ideal with your body and, and your body chemistry uh, a lot of people feel extremely hungry and they can wait way too long to eat and then they end up binge eating and then all their effort was for nothing and i I say that's like when you get to your fuck it point, when you've waited so long to eat and you're just completely starving and you get home and you eat all your kids goldfish and you eat a half a bag of cinnamon toast crunch, you know, and you crush, you know, three ice cream bars because you didn't eat for 15 hours and you just, you find yourself like hangry beyond, you know, all comprehension. That's not good. So you have to know your personality type. You have to know your body type, you have to know what's going to work best for your psyche and your lifestyle. So don't wait so long where you're so hungry that you're willing to crack at the first thing you can shove in your mouth. That's not good. And that's a huge downfall for a lot of people when they get into fasting. Also, that, uh, that feeling of, you know, kind of brain fog, or maybe it's like low energy fatigue from not eating because you're used to doing it. Again, these are all progressions. You got to start shallow and deep end. If you don't know how to swim, you shouldn't just jump in the ocean. Get your ass in the kiddie pool, you know, with a kickboard and some of those floaties, you know, and then you can kind of gradually make your way to the deep end 
and then so on. And that's how I look at fasting. You maybe not start off with the one meal a day thing, but if you're eating every four hours now, if you, if you cut out one of the meals, that's like a gradual progression to avoid the extreme hunger, to avoid feeling, you know, fatigued and having no energy or the feeling that like you're starving, which for some people, again, if it messes with you, you could have like, you know, almost like a physical, like a, like a shakiness to it. Like your blood sugar is off and you just don't feel normal. Also for people, I know fasting in general uh, can be difficult to sustain, again, because you're having to go without, you're having to delay gratification for something. That's why fitness is so hard. You work out for so long before you look like anything. That's the tough part. Like I worked out for years before I stopped looking like a bag of shit. It's not super motivating. When you when you pour everything into your training for six months or seven months or eight months, and you're like, oh man, I don't look that much different. But you do, you just want it to look like you know, Arnold, and you've been training for six months. Like, just be realistic with your goals. And if it took you, you know, five years of fucking around to build the body you're in, like, you can't erase it in five months. You just have to give it time. And that's why, you know, fasting is tough because you're basically transforming and changing everything um, to try to change the way that you look and move and feel. And it's not going to happen overnight. And for a lot of people, the dropout rate's pretty high because they don't want to do that. Um, the initial first couple weeks is probably tough, but you see a, a dropout rate of probably like 65%, give or take. And I don't think fasting is any easier to follow than any of the other dieting protocols that do restrict calories. And most of these things work the same in all reality. If fat loss is the goal and weight loss is the goal, you guys are going to have to be at a calorie deficit. That's just the reality. Whether you do that through keto or paleo or, or intermittent fasting or carnivore diet or being a vegetarian or Whole30 or gluten-free, whatever it is. It can all work. And I think for some people, certain ones are easier. For me, uh, following the one meal a day and following intermittent fasting is way easier than doing keto. I don't want to cut out all carbohydrates. That doesn't seem fun to me. I'd, I want to drink a beer if I want to go see my friend and have a beer at dinner. You know, I want to be able to eat oatmeal with blueberries and a banana. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to maybe have a cinnamon roll here or there if I can. Like, I want to have a fucking baked potato at dinner. Like, I want to be able to do normal. No, some people don't give a shit about that, and that's easier for them. I would rather shrink down the, the overall eating window and be able to eat the foods that agree with my body that I like so I can be satisfied and satiated so I can keep things moving forward. But again, for fasting, it is, it's difficult to sustain for some people. Uh, some people, you know, may feel way hungrier. I know when you're not eating a ton and you have these huge gaps, especially if you're doing like the one meal a day stuff, your body can produce uh, more ghrelin, which is like a hormone that can make you feel hungrier. That does happen for some people. And uh, obviously fasting, you know, it can cause your blood sugar to uh, to kind of, you know, crash and not be where you're used to. So obviously fasting of any type can, you know, increase the risk of low blood sugar. Also, I think you guys call it hypoglycemia, if we're going to be technical about it. Um, so obviously the people who have type 2 diabetes, it's uh, that's a rough one, man. It's not, uh, it's not what you should do. So I do think the people who, and again, all these things, talk with your doctor, talk to a physician. If you have a, a normal doctor you go to, like where you get your physical done, if you have a naturopath, if you have a nutritionist, if you have a trusted person who um, knows their head from their ass in terms of food, I would I would go to your medical professional and ask them 
uh, for their two cents and see what they think is safe for you and your blood type and your pre-existing conditions and for your body type and, and what you're trying to do and ask them if they're like educated in this field. Because the people who fast, extreme fasting, and have type 2 diabetes can cause a shit ton of issues. Um, also young children, uh, certain women, uh, you know, different young adults. Again, like I said, people with diabetes or like the hypoglycemia, people who are uh, morbidly obese, who have metabolic issues, uh, I do, th- and people who have eating disorders. Uh, fasting can, it can fuck with you for sure, and it can cause uh, this mental um, block with food, it can cause, I guess it can put you at an increased risk for overeating, uh, and binge eating. If you're going long periods of time without eating food, and then you just kind of, again, like I said, get to that fuck it point where you're just eating whatever you want. That can be, uh, tough for a lot of people. So again, I always say, you know, talk to your doctor and get, uh, get their two cents before you dive into this world. And again, for a lot of people, uh, the one meal a day thing is obviously super difficult to do every single day. Uh, if you're a person who's already fasting and, you know, doing one meal a day seems super extreme, it's intimidating, you could consider something like, you know, doing the uh, kind of eat, stop, eat with the one meal a day, which is essentially what you're doing. You'd eat a normal schedule Monday and then do one meal a day like on Tuesday and then back to normal schedule. Or if you normally fast on like Monday from like 12 to 8, do your normal, you know, maybe three meals in that fasting window. And then Tuesday, you're on the one meal a day. Again, it can work any way you guys want to splice in. Or if you just know you're traveling and you're going to be sitting on your ass a lot of the day, um, that can work, especially if you're Again, like I said, you're traveling, you're super busy, uh, maybe you're going out to dinner. Uh, you can be successful doing that. I remember I, just, I traveled to uh, Minneapolis, and Thursday night I was on a plane most of the day, airport, got in the car, drove, met up for dinner, and uh, I just ate one meal that day. That was it. Like there was nothing uh, nothing else going on, and I felt uh, great. I felt totally fine because I wasn't expending a ton of energy that day. In those instances, that can work for you guys. Some of my friends in the fitness industry used to eat huge breakfast. They eat a huge breakfast on a day they travel, being a plane all day from West Coast to East Coast, get off the plane and just kind of go through their routine, wake up the next day and go to their fitness stuff. So they were full for a majority of the day as they were traveling and then just kind of winded the day down. That tends to work too. Again, the point of me sharing this is just letting you guys know what I do, kind of my progression through it and and what I find works best for me. And again, it's not for everyone but fasting has done a lot of great things in my life and it will always be a part of what I do. I don't see ever a time where I go back to eating every three hours unless something drastically changes. And right now I've just felt good eating one, you know, giant ass meal every single night. And I'm to the point where I'm not trying to get, you know, any bigger, uh, you know, I'm not 22 years old anymore. I'm, you know, inching closer to 40 every day. So uh, I'm happy with how my body looks. I'm happy with the mold that uh, I'm in. I'm not trying to get way more shredded. You know, I, I like to, you know, be lean enough uh, to where I feel confident in my own skin, you know, looks good on camera, all the, the shit we have to do. But I just like how my body looks and moves and feels at a, around 200, you know, in some pounds, whatever I am today. Uh, I feel good that way. And if I can sustain that doing one meal a day for the most part, and I, uh, my digestion's good, my energy's good, my clarity's good, that's what matters to me. So if you're out there looking for something different, if it's a fasting protocol, you know, the standard, or if it's eat, stop, eat, or anabolic fasting, or one meal a day, you just have to start self-auditing and seeing 
how you're going to the bathroom, how you're sleeping, how you're training, how your energy is, and how you feel as you kind of just move, you know, day by day and week by week, and then adjust from there as your goals change, as your career changes, as your lifestyle changes, there's something that works for everyone, but not everything works for everybody. That's kind of the the tough part about food. And that's why we try to coach our people week by week and, and make the best choices we can to help them be successful and find what works for them, which is, uh, you know, sometimes uh, easier said than done. But uh, hopefully that made sense for you guys. I'm happy on Instagram to share, you know, maybe once a week, like kind of what all my my food is for the day in that one meal. I usually keep it into about a, a one hour window, give or take. It might extend a little bit depending on what we have in the house. But I really just, I get tired of not feeling ideal. And I try to just, with everything I do in this life, optimize my personal performance from all the supplements that I do take, from how I sleep, how I eat, my training, the recovery, and not just physical body, but mental too. You know, how I can unwind my brain. Is there escapism? What kind of music am I listening to? Everything affects everything else. And if something is off in that, you know, kind of wheel of success, that wheel's not going to roll right for your body. And that's why I try to create an ecosystem and an environment that allows me to be my most productive. And a lot of that does stem from how we eat and the food and drink we're putting in our body. It is, it is super powerful and I think way more powerful than most of us even understand. And so if you've just been kind of going through the same routine, maybe just step back and audit. Hey, I've been eating about this many times each day. I've been eating, you know, these foods. When I eat this, I feel like that. When I eat this, I feel better. When I drink that, I feel like shit. When I work out at this time, I'm not as productive. When I wait till this, uh, then I'm really crushing it. So that just comes down to you having a certain level of, of body awareness and self-awareness of what's going to be ideal for you and your goals moving forward. So if you guys want more information on the, the one meal a day stuff, I'm happy to uh, to share it. It's not rocket science. If you're going to do it uh, and fat loss is the goal, it's probably, you know, it'll put you on the right track. Uh, but if you have an eating disorder or some pre-existing conditions, talk with your doctor and somebody, you know, educated before you, you do something super drastic. If you're not used to it at all, it's, uh, it's definitely not something to just jump into with no knowledge and, and no idea of what, uh, is really to come once you, uh, jump into it. But, uh, I'll share some of that stuff on IG for you guys. If you're watching on YouTube as always, uh, thank you again, reminder of the podcast brought to you by my homies at athletic greens. If you guys want to sample, hit me up. My homies at beam CBD and uh, jlabpro.com. Obviously, we can get you guys discounts on all those things. Oh, there is one thing I did want to read uh, before I go here. I uh, I don't use social media like a normal person because I'm not normal and there's something wrong with me. Honestly, I'm just, there's so much now and we love you guys. We appreciate you. If I've missed some messages on Instagram or the site, uh, I apologize, uh, hit me up and say, Hey, Jeremy, you never got back to me. And I'll do my absolute best to do it in the next, you know, 24, 48 hours, whenever you hit me up. Because we're so many, we're just inundated with a lot of stuff. And I have a great team of people here who helps me. But I try to do as much of the Instagram stuff uh, by myself as I can. And I take about an hour a day and just funnel through messages and just boom, 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 rip them off and get back to you guys. But uh, some get lost in the shuffle, so I apologize, and it is a lot. But I will see things in my personal circle. We have some a bunch of Facebook groups of people that uh, they share things, like friends of mine that I grew up with, and they don't have the reach that I do. Obviously, they don't have a podcast. They don't have the Instagram and YouTube and the email list that we have and all the things. But I'll share 
periodically some things I find, some little golden nuggets. And I found this a couple weeks ago. Uh, my buddy Matt Jaware had posted this. It has nothing to do with, with fasting or eating, by the way. But I think he's talking about the sports world in here and coaching and athletes. But if you strip away that from it, you can apply this to basically every area of your life. And if you want to apply it to your personal nutrition, your personal you know, training, your finances, your relationship, your career, um, it works all the same. And it goes, and I quote, the lack of accountability we take in our own behaviors and actions is rampant, which is then insulated and enabled by many others accepting and promoting that lack of accountability. There's a clear and stark difference between empathy, compassion, and excuses and deflecting. Empathy and compassion need to be offered more by more of us. And that should then be draped in honest coaching, tough love that demands accountability rather than coddling, making excuses for one another and finger pointing. There's plenty of room for both empathy and honesty, plenty of room for both love and accountability. Now, if you're into sports, you kind of grasp that. And this can go for everything in life. I have empathy. I truly do. Um, It's a gift and a curse. I feel terrible um, when I see awful things and it stays with me. It's It's like a scar, like in your brain or in your heart, however you want to think about it. Like when we do adoptive families, I never forget them because they're almost always in the worst situations. They live in the worst places. They have the worst stories. And it's just, it's gut-wrenching to be there. And God bless Heather because, man, she she's way better than me. She holds it way together way better than I do and can speak uh, much better when I'm there because I just feel like so, you just feel awful. Like you feel just like sick to your stomach and you feel bad and you almost feel guilty because of how good you have it and how you know, bad, these guys have it and they don't live that far from you. You know, in terms of proximity, they live 30 minutes from your house. Like, you know, you live, you know, around these multi-million dollar homes and these people are living in like just a shit box with a terrible story. And it's, it's hard to see. So I do have empathy for people in situations and circumstances, especially people closest to me who are going through things, um, of no fault of their own. Uh, I do. And it stays with me. A lot of people, it washes over them and they can kind of move about their day. And as much of a serial killer as I am deep down, for some reason, that stuff stays with me. And it's almost like haunts you, right? And the the gift part of it is, I guess I get a, a perspective and I have so much gratitude because I realize I won. Um, I won life. I won the lottery of life. I got a, it, it's amazing, you know, how fucking lucky and blessed I am. And, and again, I got this, I've went through all the same shit a lot of you guys have too. Um, maybe even worse so. And uh, I just know now, if you look at everybody across the board, I got it really fucking good. And I think you have to understand that. And and I bring up the empathy part first because I do have that for people. And I do have compassion for people who want to make a change and who are struggling and who are going through some stuff. And on the same note, there, there's room for that, but there's a lot of people who are, they're, they're making excuses and they're bullshitting and they're deflecting and they're finger pointing and it's, it's everybody else's fault, but their own. And the truth is in this life, you can't control the things that happen to you. And sometimes some really sad, horrible shit comes your way. And all you can do is react to it as best you can. But if you're not advancing in your career the way that you want to, if you are not 
crushing it in your business the way that you want to. If you're not financially in a place where you feel like things are going the right way, if you are 100 pounds overweight, it's not because of somebody else. You can only use that excuse for so long. You can't always be pointing the finger at somebody else because every time you do point a finger at someone else, there's three fingers pointing back at you. That's the reality. It It's not the government's fault. You know, it's not your mom and dad's fault. You know, it's not your best friend's fault. It's not the economy's fault. It's not the pandemic's fault. You're in control of your life. And when you start to take extreme ownership and accountability for your efforts and actions uh, and saying, hey, I'm at where I'm at because of the things and the choices that I've made, Life gets really good, dude. It's a hard place to be. It's a hard thing to face when you when you suck shit and you're not the person you want to be and you're not making progress in the areas of your life that you don't want to, you know, you're not seeing the progress you want to see right now. It's tough to look in the mirror and say, hey, that's my fault. And I'm not preaching to you guys. You don't need a pep talk from me. I'm saying this to you because I was once that person who, you know, the angry young kid who thought the world fucking owed him everything and was pissed off because I wasn't making this money and I wasn't getting that opportunity and I wasn't, you know, looking this way and I wasn't getting this and this and everybody else was doing awesome. And that's when you're playing the comparison game and you always lose. But then you're always pointing the finger at, well, it's that person grew up rich or that person genetically is gifted or that person got that opportunity and that person. None of that shit has anything to do with you. When you start to look in the mirror and say, you know what? The reason I'm not here is because I'm fucking up. Life gets real good, dude. And that's what I had to do. As a young man, look in the mirror and be like, you know what, dude? The reason you're not happy, the reason you're not successful, the reason you're not where you want to be is because you haven't put in the work yet. You haven't studied enough. You haven't practiced enough. You haven't trained enough. You haven't sacrificed enough. You have not dedicated enough time, effort, energy to be the person that you think you should be. And that just comes with you understanding that sometimes it's just it's just a time game and if you look at the areas of your life that you want to blame other people for you look at the areas of your life that you don't want to take accountability for oh well you know my finances are not in order it's probably because of the actions you're taking if your relationship kind of sucks, it's probably because you're not giving it the love it deserves. If your mobility sucks, it's probably because you don't do mobility daily. You're not foam rolling. If your nutrition is trash, you're probably overweight. You start to look at the areas of your life and say, and be honest with yourself. Don't make it better than it is. Don't make it worse than it is. Just be honest and be like, hey, I'm not putting enough time, effort, energy, and attention on these areas. Therefore, that's why I'm struggling right now. It's, it's, it's not rocket science to figure out. It just takes you being honest and being accountable and not blaming everyone. Oh, well, my wife, my boss, bullshit. It's you, dude. And that's what we all have to be comfortable with is just understanding like, hey, I'm in control of this. If I want to be better in my finances, I have to spend less than I make. I have to get a promotion. I have to cut some spending. I have to save more money. Whatever the thing is, you have to do that. It's the same thing with your nutrition. Well, I'm 100 pounds overweight. Maybe if I start tracking macros, maybe if I start eating real food and I stick to a schedule, I'm going to get to where I want to go. I have empathy for everybody. And I truly feel for you if you're on your journey and it's not going as quick as you want, but you are in control of that. Nobody else. You're the CEO of your life. You can hire and fire anybody and everything all day. You control what you eat. You control when you go to sleep, when you wake up, you control where you work. Those are all choices you can make. 
So there's plenty of room for empathy and honesty, but there's also plenty of room for love and accountability, but there is no room for making excuses and finger pointing. Because at the end of the day, when it's all stripped down, nobody really gives a shit what the excuses are anyway. That's why I don't ever complain. The Lou Holtz quote is 80% of people don't care you got your problems, and the other 20% are happy that you have them and they don't. That's the reality. So I'm not trying to complain to anybody about anything in my life. I'm just going to be like, you know what? This is what it is. If I want to change it, I have the power to do so. And that's an awesome fucking place to be. When you have extreme ownership and you're accountable for everything you do and you realize the power is in your hands, that is an awesome thing moving forward. But you have to get there. And it it takes you having this rough conversation with yourself when you look in the mirror. Hey, I'm not as fit as I want to be because of me. I'm not as financially successful because of me. My relationship with my husband or wife is not as good as it could be because of me. And if you operate from that standpoint, life gets great pretty quick. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the podcast. I know that last little bit had nothing to do with about eating one meal a day, but sometimes it's nice to hear a reminder that you're in control of your own life and you can make awesome badass decisions if you want to moving forward. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, We're bringing Heather back on the podcast, I believe on Sunday. And uh, we'll jump in with her. So if you have questions for her or myself, hit me up. If you got any other questions for the podcast or requests, send them over. And if you guys happen to be on uh, Apple Podcasts, stop, scroll down on your app, drop us a five-star, leave a couple comments. I truly would appreciate it. We love hearing what you guys have to say. We appreciate you more than you know. And selfishly, it helps us. So thank you for that. So have an awesome rest of your Friday. And until next time, eat well train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.